When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And in Ankeny. <laughs> From the Jet Bros Barbecue Studios, now featuring CBD-infused seltzer to get happy, legal for 18 and up, this is Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. For 75 years, NCMIC has been doing the right thing for its customers, employees, and the community. Now, here's Miller and Condon. All right, hour number two. Welcome back, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Trent Condon, Ken Miller with you for another hour. I can talk some uh, NBA basketball coming up here in about 20 minutes. Kyle Lowry from the Sporting News. Irving. Kyle Irving. Kyle Lowry, he's the 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 Portly portly point guard. Indeed he is. But an important important one uh, at that, whether it be in Toronto or most recently uh, in Miami. Tommy Birch, he's at Principal Park already, where seemingly he will be watching some baseball. What else would you be doing there, right, Birchie? Uh, just taking in the free food, yeah. <laughs> That's a good point, too. Uh, lots to get to with you, Tommy. Thanks for coming on, as always. You know, uh, b- before we get into the team and what you're going to see today and who you've seen so far, uh, I read your piece this morning that uh, Field of Dreams Part Due tickets are what now you can now register to get into the drawing to hear your name or see your name drawn to purchase tickets, but you have to have an Iowa zip code. Uh, that opens today, Tommy? Correct, yeah. You can go to MLB's website, which we've linked at com. but that gets you into the lottery. Like you said, you have to have an Iowa zip code. This is what they did last year uh, when they when they first put tickets out for sale. And well, the one thing kind of worth noting is, you know, you know obviously last year when when winners first got notified, there were a lot of you know unhappy people like, "Oh, I didn't win, I didn't get a chance." But once the game got closer, you know, the days leading up to it, and even the day of the game, more tickets opened up, and I'm not sure uh-huh. if that's because just more seating opened up, or just people realized they couldn't make it. Whether that was season ticket holders with the White Sox, who are the home team, or just people that, that won the lottery that can make it and couldn't buy the tickets. So even if you don't win the lottery right away when they announce the winners, I would say keep some hope up, and, and there's always a possibility. And I think there's going to be still a pretty strong showing from from fans that, that want to go to this game because even though it's not going to have the excitement last year, you know, there was the newness, the unknown, the the interest and intrigue behind it. I think all those factors kind of play into it this year where everybody saw how great it was, how fun it was, and just what a perfect evening it ended up being from just a, you know, viewing standpoint and a game standpoint. And and now I think a lot of people are going to want to jump in that fun. Cubs fans will be there. There'll be Reds fans that'll make their way there. 
How about the the special circumstances? You know, just seeing the players last year as they you know, were walking around and taking the pictures before the game. Kevin Costner coming out and just how mm-hmm. unbelievable it was. I know people had the idea of Ray Liotta. Yeah. Well, obviously that's yeah. not going to happen anymore. What else can be done? What what other kind of special moments? Let's go and put on our thinking caps here. Well, Berkey. they have to honor Liotta, do they not? <laughs> right. You know, probably something yeah. like that. What what else would you do? Yeah, so actually I went up to the Seal of Dreams movie site last week and, and met with an official from Fox, one of the producers of the the game, and the, the pregame show last year is going to be doing it again. It happened to be the day that, that Ray Liotta passed away, and he, he had oh. already said, look, we're going to have something during the game some way, somehow, that's going to honor Ray Liotta. So that's going to be a part of it. The one thing now, obviously – they're keeping a lot of it pretty close to the chest because of the appeal of it. And, you know, all the intrigue with Kevin Costner last season was just the unknown. Nobody had any idea what was going to happen. And I think that's what they're going to want to do again is surprise the audience, surprise the viewers, surprise the people that are at the park and, um, and kind of build off some things that worked last year. Some things that worked last year were having the players come out of the cornfield. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to do that again, and they offered some heavy hints that they're going to incorporate some of the, the players of the past when it comes to the Reds and the Cubs. You know, the one wow. thing the, the producer from Fox kept telling me is, look, you know, we've got great opportunity with the Reds and the Cubs who have such – storied baseball history you know how can we get some of that involved with the game so i wouldn't be surprised if you see guys like fergie jenkins you know ryan sandberg and maybe johnny bench uh, mm-hmm. out there at, at some point and par- possibly a part of that pregame stuff that you see on the field and coming out of the cornfield two we won't see i'm guessing sammy sosa and pete rose you know, it's very interesting that you brought the, the Pete Rose part up because, you know, obviously the intrigue when it comes to the the Cincinnati Reds when it comes to this game is they have a tie-in to this whole storyline, which is kind of almost in a way a forgotten storyline about the whole Field of Dreams movie. The, the Field of Dreams movie does not happen without the 1919 World Series between the Chicago White Sox and the Cincinnati Reds, which, you know, Joe Jackson, seven other members yeah. of the White Sox threw, and the Reds ended up winning. And I asked, you know, the people at Fox, you know, is that something you plan to to talk about during the broadcast? Because, look, that's probably one of the reasons why the Reds are a part of this game. The White Sox were a part of the first game last year, and now you have the Reds. And, you know, that's obviously a, a very delicate situation for Major League Baseball, which I think will get brought up during the broadcast, mm-hmm. but probably not hit on to the very heavy level on the television side also this will be not the debut because he's been a part of it for years now but i'm sure for a lot of people this will be their first look at joe davis taking oh, over the role sure, from buck. Of joe buck he'll be doing some national games you know on saturdays that fox has leading up to it but smolt stayed right i mean yes yeah, okay good but that joe davis i mean this is going to be Look, he replaced Finn Viscully. I mean, right. He's not going to be nervous by any means, but he's replacing another legend here. There's going to be a lot of eyeballs and a lot of ears certainly listening to Joe Davis. I'm going to guess locked in for the first time with that game. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be a big opportunity for him because, look, this was one of the most viewed baseball games uh, mm-hmm. uh, over the last two decades last season. It's going to be a heavy draw again this year. I, I don't know if it's going to be the same draw as it was last year, but 
going to be a huge opportunity because this game kind of appeals to so many people, not just baseball fans. I think the non-baseball fans are going to be the the most intriguing audience where, you know, it's people from Iowa that want to tune in and see, you know, this baseball game taking place in the middle of a cornfield. It's people outside of Iowa who, you know, are are Field of Dreams fans, Kevin Costner fans, whatever, or are just kind of intrigued by the idea, like I said, of a baseball game taking place in a cornfield. So um, that's, to me, is going to be the interesting thing, too, moving forward, where right now there's still a heavy sense of appeal and interest in this game, but how long is that going to hold up as they keep doing it? Because the more they do it, the more people are going to see it, the more people are going to get used to it. You know, the thing I compare it to is like the, the game at Williamsport, the Little League Baseball Classic, where... You know, the first couple of years, it was a huge event, still draws very well. It's a very cool event that they put on where they have all the players and coaches, you know, in the stands watching the game. But let's be honest, it just doesn't have the same appeal and and the same sell to television audiences that it did year one, year two, or, um, you know, moving forward. Tommy Birch is with us, Des Moines Register, Des Moines Register.com. Uh, Tommy, uh, before we get to, uh, I want to, Pick your brain on uh, on the uh, new Chicago Cubs that we're seeing, and I'm enjoying the heck out of it so far. At least the last couple of nights have been good. Uh, when, when you were up there, does it look like it did last year? I mean, the seats are gone, right? They're not back yet. What uh, what? Uh, any other differences that you noticed or you will notice, Tommy, that they've uh, filled you in on? No, I think it's going to look a lot the same. Now, that's something I am kind of interested about and haven't figured out yet is, you know, the most interesting thing about that park is the idea that there were a lot of nods to the to the original Comiskey Park, and that was kind of a, a cool thing they did with the White Sox playing there. Well, the White Sox aren't going to be the home team this year. Obviously, it's going to be the Cubs and the Reds. So I haven't heard if they're going to, to do anything to kind of replicate one of those old parks, but my understanding is seating's still going to be the same. They look at it as, hey, this is something that worked really well. Let's not break it. And I think the the really magical thing and kind of the really cool thing that they, they did last year was having people park over at the movie site, walk onto the field, walk through the corn, and walk over to hmm. to the new baseball field. That's something they're they're going to continue to do as well this year. Bertie, uh, over to some baseball and watching the Chicago Cubs the last few nights, the infectious nature. Now, you didn't get to see Christopher Morrell because he comes up from Double A, but I'll tell you, this young squad, they're not good, but they're fun to watch. The, the, <laughs> it's kind of what you'd anticipate the Triple A Cubs were going to look like this year, but the Big League Club, they've been fun here the last few nights. Yeah, you know, I actually did see Christopher Morrell for a couple of games last year when ah. uh, the Double A season ended. You know, They sent him up here to get some at-bats and get some experience, and remember thinking at the time, like, wow, this guy is not ready for AAA. <laughs> he was just, he was completely overmatched, and he was completely overmatched during spring training this year. But the one thing that was abundantly obvious was, like, man, he has an infectious personality sure and a fun, <laughs> a fun amount of energy that really kind of reminds you of Javier Baez, the way he plays. Mm-hmm. But I think he has a much more likability factor in, in the clubhouse and around his teammates, too, not to say that Javi Baez was unliked, but I think Javi Baez was more of a, a, a an acquired taste when it came mm-hmm. to his teammates and in that clubhouse. But 
But, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. And we were talking about the Field of Dreams game and, and what the Chicago Cubs are right now. It's going to be fascinating to see what that team looks like by the time they get to Dyersville because they have so many pieces to that puzzle in Chicago that could have very, um, very big trade appeal. Mm-hmm. You know, when it comes to obviously Wilson Contreras, Kyle Hendrick, Hap. Um, you know, Ian Hap, yeah. And I kind of wonder, you know, the idea of you get Clint Frazier some at bats, you get him hot, you know, what kind of, uh, um, you know, appeal would he have to other teams? So uh, the team you're seeing right now in Chicago is probably not going to be the team that you see in Dyersville. And I think, man, that that could shape up to be a, a pretty, I don't want to say boring, but not the <laughs> best baseball game when you have them and the Cincinnati Reds who have gotten better yep. as the season has gone on. But Let's be honest; they are they are far from a powerhouse in the National League. No doubt, uh, Tommy. Two other guys I want to ask you about: Matt Swarmer, who I watched pitch. Oh God, Sunday or Monday, anyways, who was first start boy? He that that uh, uh, curveball <laughs> that is a curveball that he throws. It's just a slider, slider. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's you know that's one of the most remarkable stories. I say that's kind of the best thing about minor league baseball is there was so many guys that just grind away and just you know spend so much time in the minor leagues and. You know, Matt Schwarmer was a guy that routinely came up to AAA as kind of a filler guy that when they needed a spot starter, um, when they didn't care about the development of a guy, they said, okay, let's just bring up Schwarmer, and if he, he gets hit hit around, we don't care. We're not going to worry about it. They grinded away, got his chance at the big leagues and really shined. And, you know, I, I was talking to Randy Wayhofer from the Iowa Cubs about this, and I think – Part of the reason why he did have so much success and Randy made a tremendous point is because Schwarmer is a guy like that who has flown so far under the radar, even though baseball has so much information now from scouting reports to video to analytics, guys like him still fly under the radar. So do I think Matt Schwarmer is going to stay up there and have a a massive amount of success? Probably not, but I think that adds to kind of the the coolness factor of him going up there and having that one really good game. Yeah, I pitched six strong innings, had a bunch of strikeouts, a couple of unearned runs uh, went against him. The other one is P.J. Higgins, Tommy. He was uh, homered back-to-back games. They put a headset on him one day this weekend. He wasn't playing, but they brought him off the bench, and he uh, parked one into the seats. Good to see. Seems like a, a pretty good dude, another guy that's easy to root for. Really good dude. And, you know, the other thing I'll – I'll say about Matt Schwarmer, too, is it's crazy to think that during COVID-19, when there was no minor league baseball, he was pitching in a rec league. And I remember talking to him about this story last year, and he was like, yeah, I just dominated over these guys. (laughs) And, you know, and he was a guy that still does not throw very hard. But, yeah, P.J. Higgins is a great story, too. And you look at everything he's been through, from grinding it out in the minor leagues to he got to the major leagues last year, had a low success, and then underwent season-ending surgery. And you see so many of those stories where guys like that just felt there was their chance. They missed it, and it'll never come back. But came back for P.J. He's now hitting well, playing well, and on their radar, and possibly a guy that, man, if they end up trading Wilson Contreras, can definitely mm. benefit from a lot more playing time because, the way he's playing right now, I think, gives them a little bit of confidence, knowing like, okay, we've got a decent backup, a, a guy here that can at least hold down the fort for 
for the rest of the season. Yes, Warmer, they found so they dug up some video on Marquee of him pitching in one of those games in Pennsylvania during the COVID. And these guys at the plate just had absolutely no chance. You know, uh, you know what's funny is when I, when I did the story last year on that, I talked to one of his teammates who who is in that Wood Bat League and said, "Man, you know, we're hoping Matt gets to the big leagues." And I remember thinking like last year, like, oh, well, you might be waiting a long time. It, it may never come, but, you know, that's the, the best thing about baseball is you yep. never know when those opportunities are going to come. You just have to be in the right place at the right time, and Matt Schwarmer was. Caleb Killian, what can yeah, you tell good, us about good him? Question, Trent. Numbers are great. Numbers were great a season ago. 25 years old out of Texas Tech. He's close. How close do you, close do you believe he is to getting that call up? <laughs> Close. Uh, you know, it's funny, Jared Banner, the, the farm director for the Cubs, is in town. And I had asked him last week, I said, how close, you know, where, you know, what does Caleb Killian have to do to get to the big leagues? And he goes, well, he's close. Well, you know, Banner team is now in town this week, and I talked to him two days ago, and I said, well, say he was close last week. Where's he at now? And he goes, well, he's still really close. And I think, He's about as close as you can possibly be. The The Chicago Cubs have a doubleheader coming up um, later this week, which Saturday. I think Caleb Killian is, is a prime prospect to, to start in that game. He hasn't pitched since May 25th. He's he's not hurt. I think right now the Cubs have just uh, have pushed back some of his starts here in Iowa just either to get him ready for that game or because they're mulling him over as an option. But Realistically, there's not much more for for Caleb Killian to do in AAA, except maybe go a little deeper into ball games. But he's been great. He's been lights out, and um, you know, I, I think there's still a little more work for him to possibly do. But um, he he's certainly worthy of of getting an opportunity to to start in the big leagues. And I think at some point, if you don't give him that first opportunity relatively soon, you know, you you risk. You know, I don't want to say upsetting, but, you know, at some point you want to reward a guy who's pitched mm-hmm. so well and done it for so long this season. Yep, Cubs cards, doubleheader on uh, Saturday. So first start in the major leagues, for perhaps against in that rivalry, which uh, certainly would even make it more special. Tommy, great stuff as always. Thank you, Tommy Birch. Enjoy a beautiful day at Principal Park and the food offerings in the press box prior to the game. <laughs> Thank you, Birchie. Oh. No problem. I'll save you guys some pizza. <laughs> Good to hear from you. Thank you, Tommy. Tommy Birch, Des Moines Register, Des Moines Register, uh, dot com for uh, the entire uh, paper, etc. All right. We will take a time out, come back, and preview game one. And we're going to talk some NBA basketball next. Miller and Condon uh, are on Des Moines Sports Station. By the way, Trent's Play of the Day coming up as well, sponsored by Circus Sports. It's 106.3 for details. Most everyone knows that the Grumpy Goat Tavern has great lunches and dinners. But did you know that the Grumpy Goat Tavern also has breakfast? Classics like steak and eggs, the hangover burrito, chorizo, biscuits, and gravy. You can step it up with the shrimp and grits, breakfast fried rice, or hot chicken and waffles. And don't forget the big-ass cinnamon roll. Plus, bottomless Bloody Marys and mimosas. Do brunch at the Grumpy Goat Tavern, Mills Civic in West Des Moines, 50th Street in West Des Moines, and .net. The biggest pro football overlays in Vegas are back with $12 million in guaranteed prizes only at Circa Sports. With two ways to win and no rate. Circa Million with quarterly payouts and 100% payback. And Circa Survivor. Select one team each week with no point spread. 
Take in the big money with $12 million in guaranteed prizes. Enter in Vegas. Play from anywhere. Visit CircusSports.com. Your favorite shows. Why should you apply for a career with Wolf Construction? It's exciting and it's fresh and it's new every day. It creates new challenges and opportunities each day. I wouldn't want to work anywhere else but Wolf Construction. You can look around and go, wow, look what we've accomplished today as a Wolf team. Wolf offers competitive pay. The benefits are great. They have a matching 401k. Don't wait. Apply today at Wolf Construction. Get on board here. Join us here at Wolf Construction. Sign up and let's go. Wolf Construction is a great place to be. Apply today. Wolf Construction. Des Moines homeowners have two questions. What's the best time to rent out my home? And what's the best way to do it? The best time is when you're moving, relocating, combining households, inheriting a house, or you just don't want to pay a mortgage anymore. The best way to rent? Hire Renner's Warehouse. Whether you have one home or a property portfolio, Renner's Warehouse does the work so you don't have to. They perfectly price your property so you don't have to. They find great tenants in just 17 days on average so you don't have to. And for a small flat monthly fee, their professional landlords manage your property 24-7 so you don't have to. Collect the rent? You don't have to. Maintenance, inspections, and tax paperwork? You don't have to. There's no upfront fees, no binding contracts, and you can cancel at any time. Find out what your home will rent for by calling 515-528-4429 or go to renterswarehouse.com. That's renterswarehouse.com. Renters Warehouse, Des Moines. You can't buy happiness. Now back to Miller and Condon. On 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM, here's Ken and Trent. All right, just past 1130 on a Thursday, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Trent's plays of the day coming up in about 15 minutes. I'm assuming game number one will be involved, whether it be a prop, whether it be the game outright. We shall see. Uh, we'll hear from Trent on that momentarily, but on the plays of the day coming up here in about 15 minutes. Right now, Kyle Irving, who's been so gracious with his time over these NBA playoffs, SportingNews.com. He joins us. Kyle, Trent, and Ken, thanks. So once again for joining us, how you doing today? I'm fired up. Game one. Yeah. I woke up and I was ready to go the second I opened my eyes. I can't wait. Can't I, come soon enough. I, I'm looking forward to it as well, and we're uh, certainly we're uh, fingers crossed that it's going to be a long series. If it is going to be a long series, Kyle, in your opinion, I mean, does Jason Tatum need to be the best player on the floor, or is that putting too much on his – he's capable of it on any given night, but does he have to be most nights if the Celtics are to win? I think the thing that's you know so unique about this Celtics team, and obviously having an, another All Star like Jalen Brown as your teammate, is that Jaylen, Jason Tatum has been able to get by on certain nights without being the best player on the floor, and the Celtics are still winning games. And I think when you're going up against someone like Steph Curry, who's one of the greatest players of all time, in my opinion, I think in most people's opinions, uh, I really feel like you know Jason Tatum doesn't necessarily always have to be better than Steph Curry. He just has to make sure that he's impacting the game in all facets. It doesn't mean he has to go out and score. 35 points a night but he's a two-way player so you know as long as he's holding his own defensively you know if he's giving him 25 points and, and he can also chip in on the boards and make sure that you know he's not turning the ball over and he has more assists and turnovers then I really do think that you know he doesn't have to be the best player every night for the Celtics to win he just has to make sure that he's making contributions across the board as long as you know Jalen Brown's chipping in what he can same with Marcus Smart Al Horford and the rest of the Celtics crew. 
It's a long grind. And as we've seen throughout the course of these playoffs, injuries have played a big part. What do you see? What's the latest on the injury front on both sides? Gary Payton the second trying to come back for the Warriors after that injury that he sustained a couple of rounds back. Marcus Smart's been banged up. A lot of guys are banged up right now. Fill us in on the injury front going into game one. Yeah, so I guess I'll start on the Celtics side because it's a little uh, it's a little more simple. It looks like it's going to be a clean bill of health for mm, Boston. Good. Uh, Marcus Smart, he said that he feels like he's lucky to be as healthy as he is going into this game considering how his ankle was feeling at the start of the last series. Robert Williams, he really looked like he was hobbling in that game seven. I give him credit for trying to tough it out. Uh, it seems like that knee swelling has been a little bit of a pain, but they said that he's not going to have much limitation going into game one as well. And then for the Warriors, uh, it was just reported, I think, moments ago by Shams Charania of The Athletic that uh, Gary Payton is going to be dressing. He's going to be available. Now, whether or not he's game-ready and he's going to be you know, available to step on the floor, that's a whole different story. But uh, he's going to be dressed and available for them tonight. As for Andre Iguodala and Otto, Otto Porter Jr., uh, who both play you know, different roles for this Warriors team, it looks like their situation is a little bit more murky. They're going to be uh, getting closer up to game time before they figure out what they're going to do. But I really do see the Golden State Warriors sticking with a similar rotation like we saw in the Western Conference Finals for the first few games until those guys really start getting more practices and more reps under their belt uh, before they check in the finals games. Uh, Kyle Irving from the Sporting News is our guest. Kyle, it seems like the NBA has gone out of its uh, not the work complaining. <laughs> they could take this right to July and be fine with us. Uh, but what's behind this? I mean, three game, three nights rather between games everywhere, with uh, one exception. I think it's game three and four. You got that uh, just one night between games. Why is the NBA uh, going out of its way to extend this into late June? I think they just want to, you know, build up the amount of time that I can hop on here with you guys Good. and talk about it. Um, no, I, I really do feel like it is kind of just to build up the hype machine. I think, you know, with these two teams specifically, there's so much interest in both of these fan bases, and it really does feel like this is going to be a really, really entertaining NBA Finals. And I think having those extra days in between to, you know, let those storylines build up and give people more time to talk about, you know, who played well, who didn't play well. <laughs> Everyone loves the legacy talk with Stephen Curry, and where is this going to land? Jason Tatum in the top 10 or top five in the league, you know, it's those types of storylines that help build up each game. And I do think that, you know, on top of being able to have players available for every game and letting them get an extra day or two rest uh, in between, I think that it does just kind of build up the hype machine and give people more to talk about. Well, speaking of that hype machine, it's been crazy to both Ken and I. We had a caller earlier today talk about this, that Steph Curry needs a finals MVP (laughs) to solidify himself as an all-time great. It's it's absolutely baffling to me that, that that narrative is out there. Is it just, hey, we got a little break and we got to talk about something outside of the matchups leading into the game. Does Steph Curry really need a finals MVP to validate anything to anyone? I personally don't think so. I, I agree with you. I do. I, I think there really are people out there that believe that. I don't know how that could possibly be the case, but uh, to me, I, I think it's more just noise than anything else. I mean, listen, this guy's the greatest shooter to ever touch a basketball. I don't see that changing anytime soon, uh, you know, unless there is like an eighth grader out there that's Stephen Curry's disciple that has learned from him and is, you know, going to pass him someday. But really, I mean, he's the greatest shooter of all time. Uh, he has three NBA championship rings. He's the only unanimous MVP in NBA history. I mean, I don't know how much else this guy can do, uh, you know, outside of winning a finals MVP where his teammate stole, his teammate Andre Iguodala stole one from him for kind of containing LeBron James when he basically had a triple-double in the NBA finals. I think that one very easily should have and could have gone to Steph. And then after that, you know, he's teamed up with Kevin Durant, who's another all-time great, who took home those two finals MVPs. So 
you know, I mean, if the Warriors were to win this year's finals and Steph gets a finals MVP, I think more so than anything for him, it'll just be nice to shut everybody up. But I don't necessarily think it's something that has to be added to his resume to make him one of the all-time greats. I think he's already there. What about the coaching matchup? Steve Kerr been there, done that. Yudoke kind of knew at the at the game. He's been on benches before. But um, do, do you see this as a significant factor in this series that Kerr, that there may be a coaching edge on the Golden State bench? I really do think that this is the, the coaching matchup is a very intriguing talking point going into this series. I think that between Kerr and Yudoka, they're two of the best in the league at making adjustments from game to game. And, you know, we've seen Steve Kerr switch it up in the NBA Finals before. Uh, you know, that first time they reached the Finals, they were playing uh, big. They had Andrew Bogut starting at center to begin. And then, you know, they realized that death lineup with uh, Draymond Green playing the five. Like, that was an in-finals adjustment that Steve Kerr made that really kind of catapulted this dynasty. And, you know, he's really, really good at making those in-series adjustments. But I think Ime Udoka has proved that he already, in his first year, is the same way. I mean, the Celtics are 6-0 and after a loss. And this team has found a way to respond. And I think Ime Udoka plays a big role in that. So, you know, I think Steve Kerr, of course, has the edge because this is in his first rodeo. It's his sixth time being in the NBA Finals as a head coach. So, you know, this is nothing new to him. But I do think that Ime Udoka has already proved that He's ready for the chess match, and I think that we are going to see an all-time great chess match uh, in terms of these two head coaches matching up, making in-game and in-series adjustments. Six finals now for Golden State in the last eight seasons. It has been done a couple of different ways. I want to go back with you a couple of years. After that loss to Toronto, as they fell, you have Durant hurt, then leaving the organization. Clay Thompson now for all intents and purposes for two years, and yet the rebuild that they've done. You know, we've seen LeBron James, regardless of where he's been, win now. we got to win right now. we got to go. It doesn't matter. I don't care about the young talent. It's about winning now. What this says about Bob Myers and the organization as a whole, rebuilding yet keeping that core together. I think the thing that's so interesting about how the Warriors have done it is that in certain cases, the injuries that they've suffered has gotten them back to this point. Like, when you look at Clay Thompson, who was out for two years with an ACL and Achilles injury, that paved the way for players like Jordan Poole to step up and take on more responsibility and go through some real struggles. I mean, the year that Jordan, the year that Clay Thompson and Stephen Curry were both out, uh, Steph was dealing with that uh, wrist injury that caused him to miss basically the entire season after that 2019 Finals run. Uh, Jordan Poole was not very good. I mean, he was playing a lot of minutes, but he wasn't doing much. And you know, it, it, it was really a development year for him, being able to get a feel for the roster and feel for how things work in Golden State. And all of a sudden, he's developed into one of the most improved players in the NBA this year who has been a, a consistent contributor off the bench for them in the playoffs and, and even as a starter when Steph was returning from injury. So, you know, when you look at injuries like that, and then there was an injury to Kavon Looney, who's the starting center, who was dealing with a hip injury and a shoulder injury. And this guy, you know, he was able to sign for cheaper than he really should have to kind of keep this dynasty going. And, you know, sometimes it's just plain luck. And I'm not saying injuries are luck, but... Sometimes it really is just plain luck that, you know, they were able to make the most of those opportunities and add players to this rotation who are ready to contribute. And I think that's one of the things that goes under the radar with how the Warriors have been able to maintain this. For as much as it is the longevity of Stephen Curry and Clay Thompson and Draymond Green, it's also little things like that that have kind of paved the way for players like Kevon Looney and Jordan Poole, two guys who play a huge role in the series to kind of get more reps under their belt and, and be able to uh, extend this thing a little bit longer. Uh, last thing for me, Andrew Wiggins, bring him up because there are a couple of reasons. Obviously, we saw him in the Big 12 and Beasy Canadian, uh, and so am I. <laughs> um, so, but he's been really good in the playoffs. Trent made a good point earlier in the show that, you know, when he was in Minnesota, 
he needed to be the guy, right? It was him and it was Cat, seemingly. Uh, but now he's there, there's more pieces there, and he's able to maybe not have that bullseye, maybe kind of go under the radar a little bit. But Wiggins has had a really good playoff. Do you see it continuing uh, in the finals? I really do. I think uh, you know the perception on Andrew Wiggins should. I think it's already starting to change, um, and I think it'll change even more after this series. Like you said, you know he was really just a, a scorer, and that was just about it. He wasn't even playing much defense with the Minnesota Timberwolves. And the first thing that you know, going into this season when they were talking about how Wiggins can impact this Warriors team, the things that he adds, you know, he gives them a little bit of more, a little bit more athleticism. Like this Warriors team isn't all that athletic, especially in that core of Steph, Dre, and Claymont, uh, Steph, uh, Draymond, and Clay. Um, I think Andrew Wiggins adds some verticality. He adds some, you know, speed and transition and on the defensive side of the ball, like we saw with how he did on Luka Doncic in the Western Conference Finals. I mean, this guy made life tough for Luka. He's picking him up. You know, almost the entire court. He's picking him up three-quarter court, and I think we're going to see something similar in him guarding Jason Tatum. And, you know, in the previous finals runs, Andre Iguodala kind of played that role, but obviously is getting old. He's hurt right now. Uh, and, he, and Andrew Wiggins kind of gives them a younger, more athletic version of Andre Iguodala to take some pressure off of Draymond Green, let him kind of quarterback the defense a little bit more, and allow someone like Wiggins to take on that primary, primary matchup in Tatum. And, you know, I think that that's going to be one of the biggest matchups in the same way that Andrew Wiggins guarding Luka Doncic was the key matchup of the Western Conference Finals. 24.5 points, assists, and rebounds for Wiggins tonight. Something I'm looking at for Mm. my same-game parlay coming up this evening. We got you out on this. Kyle Irving joining us. It's been a great find, and we've really enjoyed our conversations here, Kyle. And we'll get you again next week. But it's prediction time. We're going to put you on record. What do you got here for the NBA Finals? I'm going to take the Boston Celtics in six. I think that the Golden State Warriors, they they have the experience, and I think that that's kind of, you know, what's lending a lot of people to go with Golden State, but I really do feel like the Celtics are the best team in the NBA this season. I think they have the best defense in the league. I think they have enough firepower to keep up with Golden State offensively, and I think their defense is better. Uh, I really feel like unless the experience for the Golden State Warriors is overwhelming, and as you've probably seen at this point, the Celtics have – Zero total NBA Finals games played across their roster. So that obviously hinders that. But I do think that it's going to be a situation similar to 2008 where the Celtics had a chance to close it out against the Los Angeles Lakers in Game 6 at home with a fear of having to go back to L.A. And they were able to do it. And I think we're going to see the same thing this season where they're going to be able to close it out on the TD Garden floor to raise Banner 18, which will be uh, retake the league lead over the Lakers for most in NBA history. Remarkable. Kyle, great stuff. Uh, as Trent said, we will uh, impose on you again next week. Enjoy game one tonight, game two on Sunday. We'll grab you next week, Kyle. Thank you, as always. Sounds good. Appreciate it, guys. Yep. Enjoy the game tonight, all yeah, right? Indeed we will. Thank you, Kyle. Kyle Irving uh, from the Sporting News as he checks in. So another Celtics. Mm-hmm. Uh, the more Celtics love out there. So he likes them, you like them, I like them. And Golden State in four. <laughs> Let's hope not. Let's hope not. Uh, Trends play of the day. Circus Sports sponsors it. It's coming up next. Miller and Condon. One more segment to go here on Thursday. It's Des Moines Sports Station. 106.3. On Stormer Football. Trent Condon here for the Grumpy Goat Tavern. Sometimes after arguing with Ken on the radio show, I just need a beer. Or after a long night of calling a game, I just need a beer. Well, my favorite place to stop is the Grumpy Goat Tavern with two locations in West Des Moines and First Street in Ankeny where I can stop and grab that cold one and they have over 50 beers on tap. Of course, my favorites, the domestics, but if you're more adventurous, they have you covered. And it's not just drinks. The Grumpy Goat Tavern takes bar food to a new level. I'll see you next time 
at the Grumpy Goat Tavern. Tails. The biggest pro football overlays in Vegas are back with $12 million in guaranteed prizes only at Circa Sports. With two ways to win and no rate. Circa Million with quarterly payouts and 100% payback. And Circa Survivor. Select one team each week with no point spread. Take in the big money with $12 million in guaranteed prizes. Enter in Vegas. Play from anywhere. Visit CircaSports.com. <laughs> Back to Miller and Condon on KXNO and Trent's Pick of the Day, presented by Circus Sports Iowa. Hi, Miller and Condon. Welcome back. Final couple of minutes here on a Thursday. Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Joe Stacy and company. Barnstormer Weekly tonight coming up at 6 o'clock. Right now it's time for Trent's play of the day. We've got a NHL Western Conference Game 2. Feels mm-hmm. like a pretty big spot for the Oilers. Uh, we've got a Game 1. We've got baseball that's about to get started. What are you doing? Uh, disaster as we flip the calendar to June. Didn't start well, huh? 0-3 of the picks I handed out. I played one other game. I had the under in the A's-Astros game. Justin Furlander had a no-hitter going. Felt really good for her until the, what, ninth? Final score, 5-4. Uh-huh. Eight and a half, the number. That was <laughs> just the way that the day went yesterday. Giants out to a 5-2 lead. Some guy that never hit a home run before in the majors hits a home run as the Phillies coming back and won that one. And, of course, we did not get close to the under last night in hockey. So it was a disaster. We lick our wounds and we come back today. We are playing the Celtics. Uh, excuse me, the Warriors tonight against the Celtics. Mm-hmm. Going to lay the three and a half mentioned at the top of the show. What I'm going to do, if Golden State wins this, I will jump aboard with Boston to win the series. Already got it covered, but I think you're going to get a really good price. Well, probably better than two to one, right? Oh, for the Celtics sure, they come back tonight. Yep. yep. It's plus 135 right now at Circa. That's going to be close to two to one, if not there. Yeah, maybe uh, buck 95. Yeah, like right in that yeah. range. So that's how I'm going to play this start, though, with the Warriors tonight. Also, just starting here in about 10 minutes. Give me the Yankees against the Angels. Otani will be on the bump. How about that pitching matchup, too? Cortez, who has been a revelation for the Yankees against Otani. Mm-hmm. That's what you're going to get. And I'm uh, going to jump aboard with Cortez and the Yankees. Lay the short price there in game one of that doubleheader with the Angels and the Yankees. So just two plays, nothing on hockey, anything. That over-under is at seven now. Darcy Kemper is not going to play, uh, apparently. Would his... you play the over again? Yeah, with those two teams. With those two teams, those two offenses, those two superstars. One Go on back to the team. well again. Why not? It was 14 a game. It's nuts. Because uh, it'd have to be, what, 3-2, 4-2, something like that for hit the under? I, I can't see that happening, Trent. I really can't. I, I think both of these goalies, I think there should be a lot of goals scored. Yeah. I'll probably jump aboard with that again. Mm-hmm. I'll mention same-game parlay. I'm going to also play a same-game parlay. Just a little three-teamer that I really like. Warriors money line. Don't have to worry about the spread. Wiggins points, rebounds, and assists, 25 or more. And Draymond Green just has to hit a three. Just three legs of this one, plus 575. And is there a DraftKings? No, it's on hockey now. Didn't you? They do have one for game one of the NBA tonight. Do they? You can jump aboard with that. And if it comes up empty, you get your 10 bucks back. Can't beat it. All right, that's going to do it for us here tomorrow. 
We will watch your picks. Speaking of Circa, Mike Palm will join us tomorrow. Our buddy Mike Palm will join us at 11.05. Stephen M. Sipple is going to be here tomorrow to talk about his new venture. Uh, Claxton's Barbecue, Dave Sproul on Iowa State. That's tomorrow. Murph and Andy in an hour and five minutes. The Fanatics at three. And Barnstormer Weekly at six. We're Miller and Condon. Trent and I are here every Monday through Friday from 10 until noon on Des Moines Sports Station. 106.3 KXNO.